0: Welcome to the final regular season, well, final, just period, uh, of this season at least, uh, Tunnel Club post-game show. Uh, You're with Mike Newell, and as always, uh, with Sean Levy as well. Um, Hey, look, uh, there's a lot to dissect over this 2022 season, whether you want to use disappointment, embarrassing, rebuild, Whatever that looks like to you, I think it's fair to say that in a lot of ways this season has it has it, it ran it, it ran cold for a bit. It ran hot when the DPS and the new signings came in, and then it kind the wheels just kind of fell apart after a while. And I, I think there's a lot of disappointment out there, and a lot of. I think the club has to go do a little bit of soul searching right now. um, Even though we do expect brighter things in 2023. Um, But as I say that I'll bring Sean in, Sean, um, look, we could go over the game. It was four nil. It was, you know, look, they were never in it. Um, You know, they were down after three, four minutes Um, and, and realistically we're never going to um to really be in this match which says a lot i think about in many ways how part of the season went but sean just wanted to get your thoughts on this game um on on the season as a whole and so sort of just your your feeling right now in terms of you know where this club is at
1: ah okay where do i begin um all right we'll start with today um I really had no expectations going into the game. I did not think, I mean, I conceded a loss before the kickoff. um, And it played out pretty much how I kind of expected it to, um, knowing that we were going to have a lot of guys out. um, And just knowing that I, I just, at this point, there's just no positive expectations coming my way with the club. So I didn't really expect anything other than the result that happened. So I wasn't even overly stressed, like I'm watching the game, but I, it, at this point, I just wanted that final whistle. And I want the club, like you said, you know, soul-searching, direction, decisions that were made, whether good or bad. You know, there's a lot of questions we as fans, as the club. I just <clears> think <throat> we have more questions than answers going into the offseason.
0: Yeah, I, I think... You know, just type out the tweet here. I, I, I think there are less questions going into this offseason than there were in the offseason last. Going into the offseason last year, obviously the big one last year is who's going to be who's going to manage the club, you know who's going to be back. Are they going to gut the roster? There was a lot of stuff happening last year. I think you have. um I think you have a better sense of where you need to go this season, but that doesn't say that there isn't a lot of work to do because there's a lot, a lot of work to do in this off season, and it almost feels like it needs to start right away um, because look, this game is a microcosm of parts of this season where look, this team just didn't have enough on the pitch, just talent wise, um, there are big gaps in terms of talent across the field. And even with Insigne and Bernadesi coming into the squad and Mark Anthony Kay and Richie lorea right? Like you, you, you had talent come into those spots, but it still didn't fully feel like enough. Um, now, of course, Michael Singh, um, who's, you know, co-host on the Toronto I Die podcast and, and a lot of you follow out there, you know, he'll say that, look, this, this club never had its, strongest 11 on the pitch for more than maybe 45 minutes. Um, It didn't have a strongest 11 at all um, at any point during the season, but you know, you count the 45 minutes against Charlotte at home um, where they just blew the doors off Charlotte. But aside from that, they never really had a full 11 on the pitch. I understand that um, for sure. But I think my, I think what a lot of people feel and in terms of the issues with this club right now is that even if you don't have your strongest 11 on the pitch, like a lot of teams don't have their strongest 11s on the pitch all the time, right? Like injuries happen, suspensions, you know, whatever the case may be, yet they find ways to be competitive in MLS and keep themselves alive, long enough to push for a play. I mean, like right now you're looking at some of the West Coast games that started Vancouver, who we all thought were written off, still have a chance to make the playoffs today. You know, if, if they win and, and they get some they get a little bit of help. So
1: No, they will okay. they win, they're in. Yeah. It's basically them and Minnesota are fighting for that last spot. So today's right. winner goes in.
0: Right. You know what I mean? And in arguably a harder conference than the Eastern Conference. So I uh, you know, I, I think from that perspective, that's where some of that, I think where some of the fan frustration and, and I think a, and the, I think, an awkward is frustration for a lot of fans right now. Um, but I, I just feel like there is a bit of that, like, how can we not find a way to compete? Because at times it just, it just looked like sometimes at TFC, we're just overmatched in a lot of games this evening. <laughs>
1: And I think that's where the biggest frustration comes from fans is that, fine, even if we are rebuilding, we should still be able to com- to field a, comp- a team that wants to compete, guys that want to fight for a job, that want to show that I'm ready for this level. And I think that's where there's, we were not, we were lacking. We did not, like, uh, regardless of what Michael's saying and said, uh, we we never, more than 45 minutes, we haven't had our best 11. Well, even at times when we had maybe our best seven or eight on the pitch, we still were nowhere near competitive enough. And that's a big enough problem. Because outside of the key guys that you've pretty much named, there's holes everywhere else. Yeah. In my opinion. And that that's how I see it. And I think, fine. You know, they gutted it last season. They, they chose not to necessarily sign a lot of players and focus on academy uh players a lot of them when you're choosing to go that route you better have academy players that are ready to play in in a position that they're used to when you start to put players move them now into a totally new role you're not going to have success we saw that all year when you're playing uh jakeel marshall Ruddy out of position when you're playing uh thompson out of position these are little kids who all their career played one spot and they may be real good at that position, now you're asking them at the highest level to now be a defender, which you can't teach overnight. So, again, the club made certain decisions during, you know, uh, when Bob Bradley came in. Right or wrong, they've got to get it right now, this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, You know, it's not... It's not unreasonable, I think, for Toronto FC fans to, you know, be asking some questions of, of Bob Bradley. You know, look, I, I am still on the Bob Bradley train. I still think long term, whether he is the manager or the sporting director or he holds both positions, I think he's still a key to helping us turn it around for sure. Um, but... There i don't blame people for for asking the question of whether or not it was a wise decision to gut the entire almost the entire roster prior to the start of the regular season. I know you want people out. I know there are players that didn't want to be here anymore uh for one reason or another, whether it was personal matters, whether it was contractual, whether it was simply, you know, they they were brought in with an idea of what they were going to do, and that was going to change, Uh, you know, to gut the roster that heavily, that early in the season, arguably on one hand, you can see the benefit of it, right? You're, you're starting with a fresh slate at the start of the season. You can implement your ideas with a group of players that are quote unquote, your players, Right, So I I get that from one aspect, but on the other hand, you have to look at it and say, well, you've got a lot of experience out of the team, a lot of experience out of the team. And you ask a lot of young players to step up and make contributions, maybe a little bit before they were ready to do so, um, and maybe not at the level, weren't ready to contribute at the level that you were asking to do. You essentially... For the first half of the season, asking them to keep you in a playoff hunt, um, and and hopefully then obviously show you something that says that they're going to be a major part of this team going forward. And for the most part, you know, I think the young players they struggled. I mean, there's no way around that. They they did, and but I don't think that's an I don't think that should have been a, a surprise to anybody, right? I, I think that's uh, that's to be expected. Of players, many of them playing their first ever real senior minutes at a at a high enough professional level. I mean, yes, okay, some of them played USL One last year uh, at TFC Two, but let's there's a big difference between USL One and MLS. Um, so I, I think from that perspective, you know, there, there's 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 questions to be asked there. Um, in the long run, we might look back at it and say, yep, you know, that was the starting point of building a roster that ends up winning another MLS cup. But as we sort of sit after this season, you know, you got to ask that question. Was it, was it a wise decision to do it all at once like that? And maybe that's a question I'll throw out to the room. You know, I I, I don't, you know, this is your show. I don't profess to have all the answers here. Um, So if you, you know, if you have any thoughts on this, you know, I want to hear them. you know what whatever, what whatever it is. Um, either grab the mic um, at the bottom left hand corner there, and uh, and we'll try to get you on the show. Or if you want to tweet at us your question, your thought about this 2022 season, please go ahead and do that um, by tweeting at us. Use hashtag TFC Tunnel Club. But Sean, I think you wanted to jump in there, so uh,
1: yeah. I'm actually going to totally flip things around and kind of try to throw a little positive out there. So we didn't have our show last week. Um, Timing just didn't work for you and I, but one thing I did want to say, you know, last week was the last home game of the season. And for me, regardless of the result, what I probably had enjoyed the most was just being able to be there with like-minded people that love the game, have the same passion as us, that just, are diehards, are there no matter what. So for all that, you know, through all the ups and, well, more downs we've had this season, I just want to thank all of you that were there last week, that gave it your all, that regardless of the result, you were there to enjoy one more time at BMO Field with, you know, all the other Toronto Sea fans that just love love the squad. Um, and a special shout-out to all those in kings in the North. It's been a pleasure all season long to to cheer and hang out and just be part of that group and uh so i just wanted to say that because we didn't get to do it last week
0: yeah look i I think from a i think a lot of people show their their real tfc allegiance i mean if you could stick through a lot of that and i mean not just obviously when the dps came but You know, before that, right, watching a starting 11 with, you know, five or six academy players, most of them, you're just learning their their names and their stories this season. And for a lot of people, they're watching them for the first time as footballers and watching, I mean, look, if you, you know, you even go back to the home opener, right, like that was, whew, right, that probably should have been the, the, the bellwether the warning shot across the bow this season may not go the way we we had hoped um you know a, a lot of people stuck it out and i again I, i'll point back and I, I this is not meant as a negative i just you know i get why people i get why fans are frustrated because as you as you probably see i, I posted i pinned a few tweets if you're if you listen to this show, um, you can see sort of the tweets I've pinned. You can cycle through some of them. Obviously, Martin Bailey, the the guru stats for TFC. You know, look, hey, they gave up eleven straight goals without reply. Um, coming down to the end of the season, that is rough. That is bad. I mean, there's no sort of way around that. That is terrible, and that's you know, with Bernadeschi playing almost every game. You know, um, I know Insigne, for several reasons, runs available, but, you know, you you just, you can't, you can't be that um, and expect to compete. And this will be the second straight year that we've given up 66 goals as a team. And that, you can't be that either, right? Like, you just can't be that bad defensively. And you then hit a lot of season ticket holders this week with renewals. Then a lot of people are seeing, you know, 20, 25% increases in their price. And I get it. You got to pay for those big shiny toys now. Um, but you, you know, if, if people start saying, hey, where's where's the value back? I, I don't blame them necessarily. And I, I think the... I think for me, the, the the frustrating part is, again, this team should always be trying to compete for trophies. And they should always be trying to compete to be the top. And I get this team spends a lot of money, but sometimes I just don't think they spend it very wisely. And and sometimes it's it feels like spending money for the sake of spending money. And I, what I want to see in this offseason is a little bit more uh, of a considered approach about how we're going to be signing players to one fill the gaps that are that are clearly out there for the club but also how are we going to get signings that really fit a certain culture that we that we should have which is about winning everything right it should be right if you're going to spend the kind of money that Toronto FC does in MLS the idea should be going out to win everything, and that in that grind of a mentality needs to be there. And at times, it just wasn't. It just wasn't there this year, right? And, I, and, and it was something that Mark Anthony Kay actually said um, earlier, and you know, sort of earlier in maybe end of July, early August about about young about some of the young players, and just just you know. You know, are they, are they really, are they really, do they have that mentality and can they grow it? Can they understand it quick enough? And can you bring in players that can bring that mentality that, that sort of just every day you need to grind out results right now? I don't, I don't see it. I'm not saying it's not gonna come. I'm not saying that it it twenty twenty-three, it could be there. They could they, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in there with a lot of pride, don't get me wrong. And I and I think this one for a lot of them stings, you know, whatever their personal situation is. But it sometimes doesn't reflect on the pitch. And that's that to me is where fans have a right to be upset. Am I wrong there? I mean, if I'm wrong, if people don't feel that way, please let me know. Um, again, either tweet at us or, or grab the mic and, and sort of jump on and, and give us your thoughts. But that's kind of the 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 taste I, I'm leaving. My mind. I'm not saying it's all bitter, but it's 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 not sweet. I'll tell you that uh, in terms of how this season has ended and how th- I would say the majority of this season. Played out.
1: What what I'll say with regard to the young kids is, I just felt they didn't have the hunger to prove themselves to show that they belong. I think part of the and it may have been the way things were set up that you know when you're automatically going to be penciled in, or at least half your roster is going to always have a bunch of young kids in it. They're not fighting for a starting eleven versus they've you know we have to pencil them in because we just don't have the bodies to choose so they didn't have that hunger to earn that spot to to prove that i belong and i think that's one of the things you need to you can't have a roster filled with so many academy kids i want we want to see academy kids earn their right to to make it to the first team but i want them to earn it and fight for it and have that hunger and have to earn every minute on that pitch and when they get on that pitch they show they realize that I've got to prove when I'm out here. I got to, and I just didn't see that out of them this year, that hunger. And maybe it like I said, That's just how, my take again. You know, we could sit here and harp on so many aspects of this season. It, it's unfortunate the way it, it just didn't go the way we would have liked to have seen it gone. The club just needs to make some changes. We need to fill so many holes. Um, like outside of Krishida, you could almost say, and, and, Lorena, you could the defensive core needs to be totally revamped you know I, I, I McNaughton did a, an admirable job but again he should not be starting as often as he, he had to for and, sure uh, and you can even say that with Shane O'Neill. and you know so like I said there's so many. we have bright spots in the sense of the guys we signed during the you know since the season started but outside of that I don't really have a lot of confidence in the rest of the the core
0: Hmm, interesting. Okay, let me bring Chris in, get his thoughts. Uh am just gonna. Hey, Chris, go ahead. Unmute yourself and uh, go ahead, man. Give us your thoughts. Uh, not just on this game, but uh, your sort of thoughts on the season as a whole.
2: Um, I'll say, as a season overall, um, I was slightly disappointed, especially with the end of the season. Um, to be honest, I think the season went how I thought it was going to go. Right up until the end, I thought maybe we would be a little bit higher up the table and maybe compete for a playoff spot um, a little bit longer into the season. Um, but it was clear to me that once, I know we kept looking until it was mathematically impossible for us to make it, but uh, if for a while it seemed to me like it didn't look like we were going to make it, especially when it, we needed to like go perfect or near perfect. I never thought that was possible. Um, and ever since then, to me, it feels like, I don't know, the players have kind of given up on the season, which is disappointing. Probably the most disappointed thing I'm about for me this season. Um, I never expected us to make the playoffs. Um, I know earlier you were saying, was it a smart idea to get rid of everybody? But if we look back to where we were last season, at this time, it's what we all really wanted. We wanted a complete rebuild. Um, I know we went like... We nuked the the squad, essentially, um, and then we had to thrust some youngsters into some position to give them opportunities, but that was also something people had been screaming out in the past for not giving academy players opportunities. Obviously, to the extent of which we did it was maybe a little bit too much, and going forward, obviously, we need to keep that in mind of Yes, have squad players maybe give one or two opportunities in the starting lineup compared to how it was at the beginning of the season where we had like five or six. Um, going forward, I think um, biggest issues are there, there are opportunities for us to fix the areas where we need to be fixed. Goalkeepers, both of our keepers, are leaving as free agents, so that gives us the perfect opportunity to correct that position. Um, we on our two goalkeepers, we are severely overpaying on what we're getting. We're getting, at best, league average goalkeeping, and we're paying for elite goalkeeping, which we're not getting. Centerbacks, uh, Salcedo obviously was not intended to leave when he did. Um, our two starting centerbacks were very highly paid, which resulted in our backups being players who don't get paid that much in O'Neill and McNaughton. I think going forward, they're fine as fifth and fourth-choice centre-backs. They don't earn a lot. It's not like they're taking a big hit on the salary cap. Um, But And Mavinga is a free agent. Henry, I don't see coming back at all. So whether Mavinga stays or goes, we have to look at bringing in, to me, at least two centre-backs, maybe even three if Mavinga leaves. Um, To me... I'm sorry I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but to me, it's important that, for me, I know there's discussions of maybe adding a fourth DP, but I'm assuming we're only going to have the three DPs for next season in MLS. So, to me, it's important that that player is a number six. I know Bradley has had good moments this season. He's been okay for most of the season. But I don't think he can be a starter anymore. And his contract next season scares me because he's a player who, in my opinion, should be earning maybe 300, 400, 500 K. But next season he's going to be a max TAM at 1.5. That can't happen. It, something has to be done we, there. There's no ways Mike, uh, Michael Bradley can come back as a max TAM player. He he doesn't offer that level of play. He does offer something. I'm not saying he needs to go. But he can't. Like, I don't know how, but there's no way he can come back as a Max hand player for me. Um, I think that's probably going to be a bit of a difficult situation. I think up top, we're also going to have a bit of a difficult situation because in my opinion, neither Akinola nor Jimenez proved to me this season that they can be reliable starters. You need to get rid of one at least or maybe two. And I don't know how difficult that's going to be. Um, but And we need to find a starting striker. That's going to have to be a smart signing we need to sign one of these fraudulent TAM deals where we're signing a DP player on the TAM contract, a la bail or something like that. Um, but to me, at least I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that in the areas we need to improve, we can improve on them. It's not like we're stuck with bad contracts like we were with the goalkeeping like this past season, I think we would have liked to have upgraded our goalkeeping beginning of the season, but both of them were under contract. Both of them were probably impossible to move on. So we were stuck with them. It was the kiss of death from Chris Armis. still. Uh, We had to deal with some of his contracts as well that he handed out. So, um, although the, like I said, although the season was, I was disappointed, even though I did have low expectations. Um, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. If this Bob Bradley experiment does not work, I think Bill Manning also has to be in trouble because he, even though I think Chris Armist did a lot of damage to this club, Bill Manning allowed him. So um, Bill Manning, if this Bob Bradley experiment doesn't work long-term, I'm hoping it does. I think it does. But if it doesn't, I think both of them as a package have to go.
0: Okay. Um, Sean, uh, thoughts thought there's a lot to unpack there, Chris. So, um, yeah, I have some thoughts, but go ahead, Sean.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I agree with some of the, what he said, and not necessarily all. Um, I don't know about Michael Bradley's contract. Um, and, Mike, maybe you are aware, but is he at Max Tam?
0: Bradley? Yeah. Uh, yes, he will be uh, most likely be on Max Tam next season. Um, because it's the end of his 2019 extension. Now, it, that's what we think. However, I wouldn't be surprised if the contract was front loaded, where a lot of that was sort of 19 and sorry, 2020, um, 2021. And then you start sort of de escalating down in terms of his uh, dollar amount. Um, but oh, from my understanding, from my understanding, at least what the numbers are going to show is that he is a Max Tam player.
1: Okay. And that will be on next year's cap hit, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, the thing is, that Michael Braden situation is is tricky because I think a lot of people would agree he's, not, he's no longer starter material, but I think he can still bring something, not just on, on the pitch, but even locker room with the young players. Um, leadership role that I think he can still bring and and he still is an added piece coming off the bench right you know especially late in games if you have a lead and you want to bring someone to help you know just control that midfield that he's the kind of player that you can, you can bring on with that being said I would agree at that cap hit it's a questionable number but with him being locked in for at least one more year we're probably most likely stuck with that now, with that being said, that probably affects whether we see a Jonathan Osorio in a TFC jersey again. Because I think that midfield is another key area where we need to make some some changes. And, you know, we got to spend our money-wise. You know, is going to be asking for, you know, max type of money. Is that where we need to be? Like, you know, like, there's, I, I just think this, we're going to... The TFC has a lot more holes to fill, in my opinion, than simply where what we've discussed so far. I think defensively, like I said, we're in shambles um, outside of Crescito and Laria for as long as we have him. Um, midfield, tell me who who where our depth is there, um, and then you have basically two guys up front that you can rely on with our DPs okay, we have Mark Anthony K, but I mean, I don't think anyone's been, yes, he's been injured, but we haven't seen anything that really says, yes, that's a, that's a that's a big hit in, in, within the trade activity. So he also has a lot to prove come next season.
0: Yeah, there is a lot for a lot of players to prove. Chris, I'm going to just move you back into uh, the audience here, um, as we do have some other speakers that want to jump on. But of course, thank you as always. Um, for your, for your thoughts there. Um, I'm gonna to touch on one thing Chris uh, mentioned uh, and then I'm gonna bring Jordan on. So Jordan, Robbie, I see you requesting my hang tight. I'm gonna bring you guys in soon. Um, and it's regarding Bob Bradley and Bill Manning's status with the club. And it's a tough one because I, I, I do I really do actually think Bob Bradley has the right ideas. The execution is left something to be desired for sure, but I think he has the right ideas in terms of what he wants to bring to the club and the type of players he wants to bring to the club. The question of course is going to be, as I said before, execution, can they execute this plan? Can they find the right players who are really ready to fight um you know there's a player out there that is again I, I suspect that the, he may go back to the laFC well again and maybe go for somebody like Latif blessing who for the last couple of shows I've been trying to remember Latif blessings name uh, and, and try and thinking that he's a free agent in this offseason and that somebody TFC might target and and the reason being is he's Jaden Nelson but older and a little bit better with decision making in terms of a player that was a winger uh, that then got moved into sort of a central midfield role and became really important for LAFC. So, uh, you know, those kind of players are what you're talking about. I do think in my opinion, Bill Manning might be on his last strike here uh, in terms of, look, he got to bring in, you know, I don't know if it was his guy. Whether that was something he left Ali Curtis and trusted Ali Curtis with the Armis hire. But as a president, you get kind of two managers, really, maybe three if you're lucky, to to bring in and pr- provide results. And he's brought one, and he's fired him within 11 games last year. Javier Perez doesn't really count; he was an interim. And then you get Bob Bradley, and that's your move. Right, like you with your guy was Bob Bradley. And you not only did you make him the manager, you also made him the sporting director. So he's sort of you know, he's got his hands on everything pretty much except the DPs, right? Bill Manning will still manage the, the DP standings for the most part. You know, I, I think he might be on the last strike here in terms of the, the football club. Now, of course, understand that Bill Manning, his job does not just entail Footballing success, right? He's a president of a football club. That means the on-field success, but also the off-field success, business-wise, commercial deals, ticket revenue, all those other things that we don't want to like fans don't want to talk about, but that is part of his purview. And to you know, to be honest, TFC still doing well in that regard now. Um, you know, we, we don't have the accounts and figures there, but You know, that will be taken into consideration. But in terms of the on-field stuff, you got to feel that, you know, the board might start asking some questions if we're at this point next season and we've conceded another 66 goals in our second bottom in the East again. You know? Uh, So so from that perspective, I think he would be on a hot seat. Is Bob Bradley on the hot seat? To be honest, I don't think he is. Um, I think he is with the fans. Do I think he's on the hot seat with the board? At MLSE? no, I don't think he is at all. I think they, I think they're, they're, they were prepared for a season like this. I don't know if they thought it would be with enough, leaking another sixty six goals and finish second bottom, but I, I think they were prepared for and this. May not be a playoff year considering all the moves that were sanctioned to be made. So that's where I think both those gentlemen stand in terms of the front office. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that if we're at, say, June and TFC are once again either bottom of the East or second bottom of the East and, you know, you're, you're still struggling to create real chances and you're still conceding goals and you still look bad tra- in transitional play, then I think the alarm bells start to ring um, at MLSC headquarters. Uh, and, and I don't think that would be unreasonable for that to happen.
1: But wouldn't you also think that conceivably you know bob's job could be on a long cut like if this time next year we're not you know we're in the same boat or you know not enough of an improvement bob Bob should be on the hot seat as much as as bill you know you've given him two years to kind of turn things around and and if there's not a light at the end of the t- tunnel, how can the board consider like if you're gonna, re- if you if you if you're basically feeling that Bill Manning will, is going to be on the hot seat, why would they want to keep his hire as well? Would they not want to just clean house and start fresh? And they based on the, I mean, if you look at the history of the, if it, I mean, it may not be the same board that's run the team from day one, but um, you know, we, in the past, they haven't hesitated to go through a, a rotating um, coaching circle, so that wouldn't surprise me if if they get rid of Bill this time next year, that Bob wouldn't be too far behind him.
0: I I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong, or I don't I, I think that's also quite plausible. I I do think they are willing to give Bob Bradley. I think they would be willing to give him at least three seasons, um, but it depends, you know. And if next season, you know, they're dead last again, you know, that can change, right? That whole scenario can change um again it really does depend on this offseason and what kind of investment they make again um, they still have a DVP spot they're going to fill it um and and then you really start to look at the rest of the squad and those depth pieces you know how do you fit those players under the cap you know who's going to stick around this offseason i feel like some of the young players will be used as trade bait to to get some players within major league soccer uh, and and really, what what Bill does with or Bob does with this team going into the 2023 s- season will speak volumes about how much how much trust the board have in him and, and how much how much real sort of uh, I don't want to say authority, but I guess it's the best word I can think of that they're really going to place in him, right? Because if you go into if you go into again, we're say we're again in, at the end of June in 2023 and this just roster just looks far off it from the rest of MLS, you know, maybe that three year plan that they had becomes too real quick. Um, and yeah, maybe they do cut bait and they just say, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. Um, which given the money that they have already invested in Bernadeschi, Insigne, Crescito, you know, the trade capital used for Mark Anthony Kaye, you know, getting Richie Larea, the, the Detroit capital, get Richie Larea back on loan with maybe a hope to re-sign him back full-time under the team. We'll see how that goes because uh, Steve Cooper and Nottingham Forest got a new contract, even though they're look destined to be relegated. Um, th- That will say a lot. I think that will say a lot. Jordan, uh, thanks for waiting and being patient, man. Go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, give us your thought or question.
3: Good afternoon, gentlemen. That was a lovely game of football that we just saw, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, seriously, though, um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, you could literally point this season out into four different chapters, right? The first chapter was getting rid of everybody and then bringing these these players and seeing who's here, see who works out. And um, you can make a case that, you know, We saw some players did make some progression, like um, Jaden Nelson. And we saw other players that didn't really take the bull by the horns, such as uh, Noble Akello or Jaquil Marshall-Ruddy. Although he was a bit injured, but even when he came back, you can tell that he's playing very tentative, in my opinion. But there was a certain point where they actually had a couple key victories leading up to June. And then this is when we get to Chapter 2. Chapter 2, they were just shambolic, and they couldn't get any points home or away until Insignia actually started playing. And then we get to Chapter 3, when there was a whole bunch of hope with not only Insignia and Bernadeschi both coming in, they were playing lights out. And then Mark andy K gets injured in that same game, unfortunately. And that started to hamper TFC's chances. But we still felt good about it. We were just rattling off victories, scoring for fun. Well, not against New England, but more, more, more times than not, we, we did have a couple victories here and there. And then, But even then, we did have some key losses. One against Vancouver Whitecaps uh, in the CPL final and a couple against Inter-Miami before Chapter 4, which was right after the Montreal game. Right after the Montreal game, that's when the shoes completely came off. The wheels completely came off. And you can make a case that as soon as the playoff hopes were completely dashed in their minds, that nobody was really playing. They were just playing to just uh, get the season over with and you know just prepare for next year. And I think overall, um, that kind of mentality is not something that's conducive to um, extended periods of winning. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so, with that being said now, um, some of the pauses I did see, um, you could say we did address Richie Larea and Kushido, um, but he's very old. Like he's 34, 35. He's as old as Michael Bradley right now. So yeah, but I'll, I'll later... put a
0: little, I'll put a little asterisk on it, Jordan. Sorry, just in terms of Crescito, honestly, exceeded my expectations. Right? I, oh, I don't think that's that's. I don't think it's unfair to say. Oh, definitely,
1: definitely. And you can uh, even I mean, no say he might have been him. our best defender.
3: That goes without saying. He he was asked to do a lot until um, we fixed the rest of the back line. Lo- uh. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't fix the back line. But um, sorry, that's a little joke there. But anyways, um, for the most part, you could keep this in perspective that, yes, this was always going to be what we were going to do in the offseason and how we fill out the rest of the team from here on out. Um, as much as Michael Bradley is on a max tam, he was also our most consistent midfielder from day one till now. And no matter what, he's always been there. And you cannot you cannot uh, take that away from him. And you cannot and we cannot understate how important he was to the club. So as a captain of the team and he him being as here for as long as he has, you can say he has earned at least having the max time, or at least for one more season, in my opinion. Um That being said, oh my goodness, Mark Anthony K. He's a shell of his former self. He's not he's not the LAFC Mark K that we thought we were gonna get. But again, that was also due to injuries. And I could say he did play a little bit better today than he has up leading up to it. But at the same time, is that was that what we were paying for, or could we have gotten another player doing the same amount of production for a lot less? <clears throat> Um, um, Jesus Jimenez, he has not been the same since he lost uh, Alejandro Pozuelo, who he started off the season with uh, training the preseason, and I think uh, him not gelling with Brandeski and Insigne was probably also due to the fact that he never had a chance to go through a proper preseason with them to n- understand their um to understand their um tactics and uh, their. Preferred um, their preferred methods on how they conduct themselves on the field. <clears throat> um, Akinola, honestly, he's 20 pounds overweight, and I think he needs to lose that, or he's better off turning into a defender. Um, but that's just my opinion, and I don't. And I think we need to get rid of that young money contract because I don't see it right now, unfortunately. But, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And uh, I hope we can do something in the off season to bring the hope back alive for us because um, this was always going to be a rebuilding year, but the last couple of games just really set it back for us. And, uh, yeah, I'll turn my mic off and listen to what you guys have to say.
0: All right. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate you uh, coming onto the show and, and giving us your thoughts. I'm just going to throw you back in the audience here. Um, I'm gonna re- just reserve my thoughts because I have some thoughts on what you said I'm gonna bring Robbie in as well so Robbie um, go ahead and unmute yourself man uh, give us your thoughts
4: hey guys can you hear me
0: uh, yeah you're on the road but we can hey, hear you
4: alright hold on I'll, I'll try and fix it a bit is that a little better for you
0: yeah yeah you're good you're All good. right.
4: well first of all Mike Sean thanks so much you guys have been awesome at hosting this space, you know, for the better part of the season, and uh, I just wanted to thank you uh, as a fan, and uh, really appreciate the work you guys do. So I'll start there, because that's the good stuff, and uh, so thank you. Thank you uh, for everything.
0: Oh, thanks, man. We appreciate it. No
4: worries, man. Thank you, guys. But, um, I mean, go, diving into TFC... Um... I mean, tonight, yeah, obviously disappointing loss, uh, but uh, we set a bar, uh, I think we talked, I don't remember when, but it, it was around the time the Italians arrived, and we were like, if TFC can end the season and, 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 and show that they're working towards something, like some sort of semblance of of a system being born and, and, and some positivity on the field in terms of, of, of drive and, and and hunger and uh, I guess, coordination or organization from a team perspective, I think we'd say this year was a success, regardless of the win total and where we ended up playoffs or not. I don't think we met that. So I'm going to say, you know, maybe the season wasn't as much of a success or it's just not a success based on that bar that we set. I think you guys talked about it. I remember uh, uh, Mr. Nesker as well talking about it on, on your sister podcast. So I don't think we met that, and, and that's okay. Uh, it's okay, um, and I'm going to try and avoid, like, the micro. I think we can all agree that the, the team's engine, our midfield, and, and, and uh, our defense or our shield, uh, you know, our, 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 on, on our team's third, we're, we're short on, on, in a lot of ways, and, and I think a lot of people will agree that we have to fix that. But on a macro level... I think I want to, and, and I'm going to throw some comments and a question here is, this team, it's almost like when you get that coffee cup uh, from Tim Hortons, you, you left the drive-thru and, you real, and you're, you're getting on the highway, you realize the lid's not on. And you're like, shit, how the hell? And all of a sudden coffee's going everywhere and you're trying to fix your coffee cup while you're in the middle of traffic. It's not the best scenario. And I would liken this season to that. We made so many changes. We were trying to put the lid on this coffee. You know, we're getting all these pieces. There's so much turnover, and, and your previous caller uh, just talked about having a preseason, or was it you guys who mentioned having a preseason? Having the team together for a preseason, having guys coming together for a full turn. Larea, Crusito, Insigne. I mean, whatever midfielders and defenders we bring in. I don't think Toronto, I mean, aside from some of its depth, has much of a difference in terms of the talent that is needed to succeed in this league. What we were lacking was consistency, in my opinion, and the ability to throw out a healthy squad who, with at least eight consistent starters from game to game. I don't think we can say we were able to do that. And then, and I think when we were trying to, you know, like juggle this piping hot coffee while we're driving on the highway you know we had to maneuver through like four accidents i mean how many games did those newcomers play when they arrived after playing a full season in SETI tons i think we we're playing two games a week for like four weeks straight i don't i think we have yeah. to consider that there was a bunch of fatigue not just physically because that physical fatigue totally lends itself to mental fatigue so it, while it looks like TFC gave up, I have a hard time buying into that. Because I think the demands we put on these players, and I think, here's the promise, TFC Land. Those guys showed up every night, and we, like, I mean, they didn't show up, they were dog-tired. And God bless Insigne for everything he went through and everything Osorio's gone through. I mean, our leaders are there. There's a hunger. There's a core built. So this is my question. On the macro level... Do you believe we have about eighty percent of our core together, and we're just missing those pieces? And if we put a preseason together, can we not show up in a way that, in a way that a lot of the doubters and a lot of the TFC faithful really want us to? Do you think we can do it? Because I think we can with, like, you know, the right amount of runway, which we didn't have this year.
0: Hmm. Great question, Robbie. Um... do do you mind just if you can mute yourself for a second thank you buddy Um, great question are we 80% of the way there in terms of the roster build I don't think we are I think we're probably closer to 50 to 60% Um, just because I think a lot of that has to do with depth right I
4: I just wanted to say I was talking about our core is our core 80% there I agree with you we're at 50% and I'll, I'll back out again
0: Oh sure. Okay. Fair fair enough. Thanks. Um core. Huh. Sean, what do you think?
1: I will still have to drop that number. And the reason I'll say this, so this is core going into next year that I that I'm confident was starting. Insigne, Bernadette, Cajito, Larea, because we'll have him for at least going into the summer window, correct?
0: Yeah, we have him until the end of June.
1: Right. Um. Mark Anthony K. Simply because we he will be back, and you're not going to get rid of him. That like, it, that's a piece that we're going to have. No, to- he
0: he's meant to be there as a core piece. He is right? meant to hundred yeah. percent be there as a core piece.
1: All right. So that's that's four guys. I think I've named five. Yep. Um. And that's starters, right? We're 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 focusing on our starters, not just hundred
0: yeah, percent. That would be hundred percent your starters. Yes.
1: Right. Because again, I'm. Love Michael Bradley. I expect him to be back. I just don't want him as a start, um, regardless of what we have to pay him. That's fine if that's we're forced to. That um, I'm still okay with him coming off the bench. Um, that's it for me. Like if we have to have one of our two strikers back from from the season between him and his and and Akinola, fine. One of them on the bench, not a start. So I, outside of that, I'm not confident with anyone else to be a core you know depth pieces maybe there's some depth pieces we have i'm fine with that but not core so i can't give that high 80 percent yeah But before before i I let you jump in yeah yeah, yeah. first and foremost chris jordan and robbie you guys have called in throughout the season thank you so much we couldn't do the show without callers like you or listeners like you and everyone else who listens in i know some people just don't want to jump on the mic and that's okay we can't do the show without all you guys, so thank you so much. And Robbie, thank you for always at least coming with with a little bit of positivity, even if it's a small amount. You're you always come with that positivity, so thank you so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, buddy. I uh, Love the coffee on the highway analogy. I think we've all been there, um, getting out of the Timmys, um, off of, on the run, heading heading wherever we're heading on the four hundred one. Um, Listen, uh, yeah, I have to agree with Sean there. Um, I, I don't think we're at 80%, Robbie. I think we're still probably around 60 to 70%. And the reason being is part of your core, you need to have, a, a, I think part of your core, you, you don't have a center back and you don't have a goalkeeper. And I do believe in having a really strong spine within your team. And that that starts at your goalkeeper and goes up the middle from your your center backs to your holding midfielder to your attacking midfielders or striker, depending on how you play. Um, And then the rest kind of builds itself out. And that's really what you had in the years that, you know, we were winning is you had a really strong core, you know, again, between Klinger and Alex Bono at the time, I think they were fine. Um, you had drew Moore and uh, Mavinga uh, at one point got Eric Zavoletto still hadn't tanked yet. Um, so he was still being all right. Uh, you had a great midfield with Vasquez there, you know, Michael Bradley still in his prime um, and you had Josie and Seba. So, you, you know, I don't think the team is there yet in terms of that, that core, Obviously, part of that gets answered, I think, with the DP uh, signing, which whichever way they choose to go with that DP signing. Uh, and, and I think you need, and I think when you think core, yes, obviously you think starters and you think your 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 best players, but I think a core also has to have players that are a little bit the grinders, right? Like a, it, it's a I mean I'm borrowing a hockey term here. But you need some grinders in this team, and this team doesn't have any grinders. This team has a lot of nice pieces right now um, with Bernadeschi and Insigne and Crescito and, and Mark Anthony K and, and Richie Larea. You know, I, I'll put Jaden Nelson in there as well. I do, I do think he has a future. I know a lot of you don't, um, and that's fair. But... You know, I, I don't think you have like Oso, uh, Oso, whether he's back. That's a that's another big piece, right? I don't think you're at eighty percent because you don't know if Oso's coming back either. But I, I, you just don't have a grinder in the midfield right now, or you don't, or not even in the midfield, just in the team in general. Like somebody who is somebody who is kind of going to go into into that team and make things a little bit grimy make things a little bit dirty. And yeah, you're going to go to some some venues uh, away, most likely, uh, and you're not going to play beautiful, flowing, expansive football, but you're going to be having to grind out a nasty 1-0 on the road. And this team can't do that right now. It can, Well, one, it can't hold a clean sheet. So that's, that's one part of it. And then I think the other part of it is right now, the way that this team is structured in terms of its signings, it has a lot of flair or opportunities for flair and really nice football, but doesn't have somebody like, if I use an MLS equivalent, an Ozzy Alonso, right? You just don't have a guy who's not going to be sexy, isn't going to sell out shirts or anything like that, but is just going to be a grinder in your, in your midfield or in your team. And I don't think TFC have that right now. And when they do find one or two of those players that can come into the team, then you start to have what I think is a core of players that is going to not only just bring it on the pitch, because I think the core is important on the pitch, but I think it's also important in the locker room to set standards, to set the way that this team needs to be game in and game out. I don't think you have that right now.
4: Yeah, you know, Mike. I I don't think you guys are wrong at all. I think I definitely overshot at the eighty, and you know, I'm like, I mean, I hate to say it as a TFC fan. Look at Montreal. A guy like Sammy Payette, right? Same thing, right? There's there's your grinder. I mean, how can? Thanks for going so Canadian, by the way. But then what about yeah, you the brought runaway? the
0: Timmy's reference in? Sorry, you brought the Timmy's reference in, man. I had to go over there.
4: I know. I'm so happy about it. Actually, like this is great. I mean, we're you're this is a Canadian soccer podcast, and we're just nailing all the euphemisms. So sweet. Um, but then, what about the runway? Like, did you? So what? Maybe we're what? I don't know what the playoff line is. I'm not looking at the points, but we're what, like five wins short. Do you not think with a, a preseason runway, and at least the pieces we have now, and we know we're getting more? Right. I, I mean Bob's press conference, he's he obviously wants to add. He knows we need the right quote unquote pieces. If we get those with some runway, you don't think you don't think we can get five to seven more
0: wins out of the year? And at least squeak into the playoffs, even if we're not perfectly gelling? Oh I didn't say I no, I didn't say that we couldn't squeak into the playoffs. That's that's not what I'm saying. Um I, I if you can get those right players, that's where I think you have a core, right? And look, you're your B- Alex Bono squid hands away and you know not completely collapsing after your two 0 up in 10 minutes against Montreal, you know you've got six extra points there that keep you in it in the final part of the season, right? but you've got a, a you know you had a goalkeeper part of your spine that fell apart down the run down the down the home stretch and you had a defense that had struggled all year. Right. And, and and I think that's what I mean by finding those grinders, finding those guys who can be gritty and get results when things are not exactly going your way. Right. But the, the, and, and I think if you find those players, yes, Robbie, I do agree with you that you can find those extra nine points that probably put you in that playoff conversation at the end of the season. Go ahead, Sean.
1: Yeah, just to say, like, I mean, grinders come in defenders, midfielders, strikers. Look, speaking of Montreal, Kai Kamara, right? Like, he, everywhere he goes, whether we like him or not, he produces because he, he, he fights. Every time he's on the pitch, he's going to give it. And that's all you want. You want guys that, whether they, they're going to be part of that starting 11 or when asked to step on, step off the bench or fill in those games when players are out for whatever reason. That's sometimes where your grinders are going to come from. And they're gonna do what's asked of them. They're not gonna be pretty. They're not gonna be flashy, but they're gonna perform. And that those are the guys we need to add to help to, to so that our flashy players can be who can perform the way they're paid to perform. Bernadeschi and Insigne. When when you know that basically there's no other threat on TFC and you shut them down, we're shut down. We have no threat offensively, attacking wise. So every team knows how to play us. Shut down our super our two scorers, and we have nothing left. That has to change.
0: Hundred percent. And I think and and I think that's and again whether that I think that Griner is probably going to have to come from a defensive perspective uh, on this team, um, just simply because of the way the team is going to be built up top. It is definitely going to be you know, players that can play intricate football and play one-twos off each other and have the wingers cut in and and make things happen that way. Um, but, you know, you, you can find those players in other positions, again, whether it's in the midfield, whether it's in, you know, at the back. Um, I think you really need that in the team right now. I know a lot of focus in this offseason will be on who TFC sign as their third DP and maybe a fourth DP if if they change the rules, which I'm hearing is a possibility with the new Apple money coming in uh, to the league. But, you know, I, I think that you really need to, I don't even think that's the most important signing TFC need to make this offseason. I'm really going to be paying attention to how they fill out the rest of this roster aside from that DP spot and how they integrate, those signings into what you're trying to do offensively up top. Because look, as, as, as it's pinned up here as a tweet, there's, there's two things that I want to point out here that I, that I pinned uh, on the show. One is TFC have won a grand total of 15 games since Greg Vanny left the club 15 that's in two seasons. That is bad. That is bad. Okay. That's one. And two out of our, all our old, we gave up again. I mentioned this earlier in the show we have once again tied our our club record for most goals conceded in a regular season which we had broken last season so that's two straight years where they've given up 134 goals in two seasons that is bad so something has to give there right and and and, and i that's what i i'm sharply going to be looking at this off season
4: do you mind if i chime in a bit mike
0: go for it i uh, i i
4: it's horrible. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And I think this is where TFC, this is probably the hardest part for everyone to visualize, myself included. Um, what we have now, and thank God we have it, is we have, like, when was the last time you heard about like rumblings in the locker room? When was the last time you heard about some sort of disagreement between players? We might not have all the pieces, and this is why I'm a proponent of just like you, like, let's keep Bob. He's he's setting the foundations in a very quiet way. And we've seen a lot of noisy moves, flashy signings, you know, you know, star studded exits, you know. I mean we started the season with Josie Altidore and, and Soteldo. Those were our stars up front. What a difference. And then Bob Bradley has been quietly building this locker room from the inside out. And I don't think we're seeing it yet. I think the seed's been planted, and I think that's the hope, is that there's a stable presence. And I think another friend of the show, Tej Sahota, tweeted about how Bob Bradley has been a calming and stable presence behind the scenes. And we're not seeing the fruits of that yet. Maybe Bob won't get there, because I think he has to like the summer window. But Bob's done that for TFC. And I think it's evident in, in the fact that we haven't seen much B.S., Coming from that locker room. There's a lot of good things. I mean, a guy like Bernadeschi, he's not just happy because he's getting paid, you know, 11 figures. He's happy to be here. And that says a lot coming from a guy who's played with the likes of Ronaldo at Juventus. It says a lot. So I think we should be a little hopeful, even though it doesn't look good. I mean, we sucked since Vanny left.
0: Very true. Very true. Okay, Robbie, I'm going to throw you back in the audience, man. Thanks again um, for participating all season. really appreciate you, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for, for jumping in. Okay. I'm just going to throw Robbie back into the audience here. Uh, Sean, let's, let's put a bowl on the show uh, today. Um, look, I, I think at the end of the day, look, I, Robbie's right. I, I I, I personally do think there are brighter days ahead for TFC. I know it's hard to see that right now, given sort of how the season ended um, and how ma- the majority of the season went. I do think there's a plan. I mean, there better be because if it isn't Bob, I don't know where they go from here. Um, but I, I see the makings of what could be a really, really special team in 2023 if if they can get. Those depth piece signings, right, uh, Sean? I'll give you the last word before we jump off.
1: Well, I mean, th- there's a lot of potential. I mean, with with what you know, the the little core we have, with the core depth piece we have, with the right additions in the in this offseason, we may not fill all the holes right away. And the one hole I think I, I would be okay with if we waited was that third DP. Fix everything else and worry about that last. Um, I will be okay going into preseason knowing we're good. To, we're ready for to, for the start of the season. I would. I don't want to be throughout the preseason worrying that we still haven't added this. We still haven't added that. That will have me worry. I'll be confident that the team will be ready to for the start of the season if they've filled majority of the holes that they needed to fill. Added enough depth for their bench and for the long haul and I won't necessarily say you know what play offs but I want I I will be confident that they will be more competitive and have a better chance to compete for that position if all is ready going into the preseason because like Robbie said a proper preseason where the right players get to gel and work together and figure each other out and plus you know the the ending of this season will only Benefit the team going into twenty twenty three.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think you got to make the playoffs next year. I think that's got to be it. You. You. Again, we'll see how the offseason goes, but I really do think for Toronto FC, it's got to be playoffs next year. I think there really has to be a a concerted push for that um, as the expectation at this club. Um, okay. So with that said. Uh, that's the end of the 2022 MLS regular season for Toronto FC. Thank you. As Sean sort of said earlier in the show, thank you to everybody that's listening um, or has listened throughout the year, whether you're alive with us on, on um, here on Twitter or, you know, you catch us on podcast afterwards. Uh, look, we Sean and I started this on a whim You know, we started this as sort of like a, hey, let's try it out and see how it goes. And, you know, if we're enjoying it, we'll keep on just doing it. Uh, And you guys make the show, really, in the end of the day. Like, yeah, we, you know, Sean and I espouse our thoughts. But, you know, you guys tweeting at us, you guys grabbing the mic and giving us your thoughts, uh, no matter how sometimes hot take-ish they are, which, look, that was the show. We knew that's what it was going to be. We really appreciate it because, you know, as I said to to Sean, um, to Jeff Nesker, to Mike Singh, um, prior to them going sort of on their own with Toronto Till I Die and stuff like that, um, you know, I thought there was a space for, I, I thought there needed to be a space for Toronto FC fans to talk it out kind of like sports radio, because God knows, you know, we love the the reporters in, in this town that cover the team, um, but, you know, we, we know that, you know the regular sort of sports media does not uh, give soccer its due, and especially does not give Toronto FC its due. So you know, just trying to give a, a space for to, for fans to to be happy when they're happy, to be frustrated when they're frustrated, um, to talk about the 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 club and the the sport we love. So thank you so much again for listening. We'll be back with other shows, um, Sean. I think we should probably talk about doing maybe World Cup. Um, Post game shows for Canada uh, in about a month. Um, oh, that would be definitely.
1: Cool. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I mean, if things in the TFC world during the off season get hot, where it's time to talk, we'll be back.
0: Oh yeah, um, we'll drop but, one off. Yeah,
1: but yeah, um, like like Mike said, um, we'll we'll definitely be looking to do something come World Cup. Um, we'll see how it goes because you know. It'll probably be like a few hours after the game because all games are like in the middle of the day. So we won't really be able to do anything like right 30 minutes after. Uh, maybe the first game because I took the day off work and I think most Canadians aren't going to be at work that day. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, you'll definitely hear from us. And again, you know, to to reiterate what you just said, Mike, like this show wouldn't be what it is without all of you. Uh, whether you listen to the pod, whether you you just, you know, you you join in. You know, whether you hit us up whenever you you have a question throughout the week, Uh, you know, Robbie uh, screamed out my name one day at the game, him and his mom walking. We love that. And we thank you all so, so much, because like I said, we just, Mike Mike reached out to me and said, hey, you want to do this? And I said, hey, let's give it a shot. And here we are at the end of the season, and I've enjoyed every moment of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So... Uh, You know what to do. Uh, Go on the Toronto Till I Die uh, feed, whether you use Spotify, Apple Pod, whatever you use, you'll find us there. Uh, You'll find all our previous episodes if you want to listen to those. Um, You'll find any of our future stuff there as well. And, of course, we'll always be here on Twitter Spaces Live, um, and we'll always give you updates from the the Tunnel uh, Club Twitter feed. Uh, but that's it for at least, uh, maybe about a month. And then, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about world cup stuff, um, afterwards, but on behalf of Sean Levy, this is Mike Newell. Thanks again for listening to the tunnel club and we'll check you soon. Take care, everybody.